Let us begin with a prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, thank you for gathering us this morning to start another day of Lent with you. We confess that our foolish arrogance and selfish independence made you the most wonderful God into a wrathful God. As the prophet Isaiah says, the arm of the Lord is not too short to save us, nor your ear is too dull to hear our prayers. But our iniquities have separated us from you, and our stubborn sins turn your face from away from us. Have a mercy on us, Lord. Help us turn to you and seek your face in the grace of your only Son, who came to far distant country to find and save us. Help us to listen to your healing words through the Holy Spirit this morning and live our day for your glory. In the most merciful name of Christ Jesus, we pray. Amen. Yesterday, in Romans uh, chapter 1, verse 18 to 23, Suman told us that why God's wrath came to us. It came to us because of our sins. God's wrath happened because of our godliness and wickedness not to acknowledge God but to deny his presence in our life and worse, replacing him with our own idols. Today, the rest of Romans chapter 1 tells us how God's rest is revealed. So let us read Romans chapter 1, verse 24 to 32. Therefore, God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies, with one another. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and survived created things rather than the Creator, who is forever praised. Amen. Because of this, God gave them over to the shameful lust. Even their woman exchanged the natural sexual relationship for unnatural ones. In the same way, the man also abandoned natural relations with a woman and were inflamed with the lust for one another. Men committed the shameful acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their error. Furthermore, just as they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, so God gave them over to depraved mind so that they do what ought not to be done. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossiped, slanderers, and God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They have no understanding, no fidelity, no love, no mercy, although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these very things, but also approve of those who practice them. How does a God reveal His wrath to sinners? The key to understanding God's wrath and His way in this passage is the phrase, God gave them over in the sinful desires of their heart. This phrase 
God gave them over was repeated three times. Verse 24, therefore God gave them over in the sinful desires of their heart. Verse 26, because of this, God gave them over to their shameful lust. Verse 28, so God gave them over to a depraved mind. With, with this three-time repeated key phrase, we learn two important things about the wrath of God and ourselves. First of all, wrath of God is not God's anger, but God's absence. Remember this, wrath of God is not God's anger, but God's absence. God's wrath is not like a human wrath. It is not God's angry vendetta, but God's abandonment of us into our own sinful desires. The way that God judges our godliness and wickedness is not to afflict his anger to us, but to abandon us in our desires. Yes, the way of God's judgment is to give us what we want in our sinful desires. And here is surprising truth. Things that we desire and serve more than God will not really free us, but rather control us. Do you remember what Dietrich Bonhoeffer said uh, this Sunday sermon? Earthly possessions dazzle our eyes and delude us into thinking that they can provide the security and freedom from anxiety. Yet all the time, they are the very source of all anxiety. Things that we serve control us and enslave us. They create in us an obsession that I have to have them. Since our hearts were made to be centered on God, and since God is the only true provider of our soul satisfaction and significance, our idols and desires cannot and do not satisfy us. They actually possess us with insecurity and anxiety. When God leaves us alone in our sinful desires, the end result is not good, but sad and bad and even ugly. Let me illustrate this. I still remember a newspaper uh, uh, article that I read uh, at the beginning of my first uh, ministry in Palo Alto, California, 30 years ago. San Jose Mercury newspaper reported in its religious religion section why so many baby boomers were returning to the church and Christianity, which they once denied and left when they were teenagers. Baby boomers grew up in the 60s when anti-establishment and the hippie free spirit was high. After much sociological uh, analysis, the article ends with an interview with a well-known business lawyer in Silicon Valley. He was a partner lawyer of a major patent law firm. And he said, I had a strong drive for success and I achieved my professional and financial goals. I built my own firms. I have houses in the South Bay and Napa and Hawaii. I have a Porsches and a Mercedes. But in the process, I went through two divorces and my children do not talk to me now. I got all I wanted at the expense of all I needed. 
That's why I'm returning to God. I remember that his confession, I got all I wanted at the expense of all I needed. When we get our desires at the expense or absence of God, the Bible tells us that's not success, but the sin and the wrath of God. Oscar Wilde summed it up very well. When God's wish to punish us, they answer our prayers. When God's wish to punish us, they answer our prayers. This is the wrath of God to give us what we want so much. Second truth in this passage is that the wrath of God or absence of God leads sin to advance in every part of human life. Once God leaves us alone in our sinful desire, we accelerate in our sinful fall. Look at the verse 29. When God gave them over to a depraved mind, they become they have become filled with every kind of wickedness. Every kind of wickedness. What is every kind of wickedness? Paul gives us some examples of the sin that grows in God's absence or wrath. Evil, greed, and depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossips, slanderers. God-haters, insolent, arrogant, boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They have no understanding, no fidelity, no love, and no mercy. So look at here. Greed is an economic disorder. And murder, strife, deceit, and malice are social disorder. They disobey their parents. is a family disorder and breakdown. No understanding, no fidelity, no love, no mercy means relational disorder and breakdown. This is what some Reformed tradition theologians call the doctrine of a total depravity. Not everything we do is always simple, sinful, but nothing we do is completely untouched by sin. When humanity's vertical relationship to God is broken, it has a horizontal effect. As some of us learned in Cornerstone, sin destroys all of our relationships. Relationship with God, relationship with each other, relationship with ourselves. Exchanging God for idols always brings forth harmful consequences in our life. Rejecting and replacing God with our idols is costly. So let me ask you, what is the one thing in your heart you feel that is insisting its own possession of you? It demands that it, it promises that it can give you greater satisfaction and joy than God. Let us remember today's truth in Romans 1 that God's holy anger is different from human anger. When sinners willfully reject God to the end of their strong desires. God does not impose His wills on us, but simply withdraws Himself from us. God's wrath means God's absence. When we exercise our freedom without God's presence and guidance, we are dangerous.
self-destructive, just like Hitler and Germany in the past, and Putin and Russia now. Now the text does not tell us, but we will see soon in the Romans, there is one more truth and perhaps greatest surprise about the wrath of God. That is, wrath of God is not the end. There is God's atonement. God's atonement. Guess how God rescued us from our hopeless sinfulness and the rejection of God that caused God's wrath. Amazingly, God directed his wrath to his only son. Not to us, but to his only son. And Jesus took the cup of wrath for us. Luke chapter 22, 42 tells us, Jesus' prayer, Father, if you are willing, take this cup, this cup of wrath from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. Jesus experienced God's abandonment on the cross, total absence of God in the cross. That's why he cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When you take a living stone Bible study, you will study this mystery and miracle of atonement in depth. For now, let us confess our sinful desires and lust to get away from God and insist our willful desires. Let us confess. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, truly there is no God like you in the world. Even in your wrath, we see your God of love. It is not your holy anger, but our sin that separates us from you. Forgive us our blind desires and help us confess our stubborn sins and recognize that you are the true creator who knows how, to, how we are supposed to live life and live life abundantly the way that you created us. We thank you so much for rescuing us in Christ who took the wrath of God for all of us. Help us, Heavenly Father, that Christ is truly is our salvation. And that we, just like his prayer, we pray, not my will, but your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In the most wonderful name of a Savior who took the wrath of God for us, we pray. Amen.